Take your Bibles, if you would, Psalm 119, Psalm 119, and uh, it is good to be here. I'll, I'll tell you, it, it, it's just uh, amazing as you begin to think about the last couple of months and uh, what the Lord has truly done, and I, I want to encourage you, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about some things, and there's going to be an emphasis placed on Baby Day. Obviously, we're going to be making a, an emphasis on children and raising those children and what the Lord has intended for us. And on, on uh, uh, Mother's Day, uh, mothers will be an emphasis there. Uh, graduation Sunday and the, the training and the upbringing, the, 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 the spirit of education and knowledge that we can gather from the Word of God. But there's going to come a, a day on, on Picnic Sunday. I want to encourage you to be here because I want to preach a message that the Lord has laid on my heart that I pray will be a help to you. And really just the gist of this, to kind of get you thinking about this right now, is I want you to be careful not to miss what God is doing in the present. You know, it's very easy for us to, to kind of not only miss what God is doing right now because we're looking forward to all that God is going to do, but if I, want, if I could remind you six months ago in your own lives probably, you were wondering what is God going to do in the next six months, and you're here right this very moment, and right this moment, you could be overlooking everything that God has done and everything that God is going to do. Can I encourage you not only praying about the future, but to live in the present? Because the present is going to come and it's going to go. And at some point in time, this day is going to be in the past. You're going to look back and you're going to say, man, I missed all of that because I was only looking forward. And can I encourage you not to only not miss what God is doing right this very moment, but, you know, I was talking, and me and Brother John were talking for just a, a few minutes this afternoon, and in times like this, it's very easy for us. And you think about all that God has done. We have, in, in, a, in a good way, the Lord has spoiled Gateway Baptist Church of late recently. I mean, man, has he just, he's just poured out the blessings on our church and, and, the, and the ministry here. And it's been an encouraging thing. But can I remind you that even if he hadn't spoiled Gateway Baptist Church, he's still God and he's still good. And sometimes we forget that. We only, we only thank the Lord whenever times are good. And so on, on, on uh, Picnic Sunday, we'll be addressing some of those things moving forward and what uh, the Lord is doing and what we can find uh, him in store having for us as a church. Look with me if you would. Psalm 119. Psalm 119, again, places a great deal of emphasis on the word of God. In this portion of scripture right here, you'll see that in verse number 113, right off the bat, you begin to see that there's a reference made concerning the word of God and, and the, 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 the joy that the psalmist finds. But in Psalm 119, verse 113 on down, you'll, you'll come to realize that betrayal is something that every single one of us has or maybe in some day of our lives will face. And maybe you've, in your own personal life, you think about betrayal and, and maybe a good friend, maybe you've heard the, the, the term stabbed you in the back and things like that. Maybe they were talking about you or maybe you've never experienced that and you're not able to really relate to uh, being stabbed in the back or betrayed or whatever the case might be. The psalmist here begins to give us some insight into what we can assume is him being betrayed. As you begin to think about betrayal, you begin to think about that is something that in, in our day and age, sadly, many folks face. Uh, it's something that is hard to get past. It's something that is not uh, enjoyable, if you would. And in Psalm 119, the psalmist begins to reveal some things that he specifically faces. And through those terms and through those statements and phrases, we see that he begins to make reference to what we can assume is him being stabbed in the back or betrayed. Notice with me if you would, Psalm 113, he says, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. Thou art my hiding place and my shield, I hope in thy word. 
Depart from me, ye evildoers, for I will keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live. And let me not be ashamed of my hope. Hold thou me up, and I shall be safe, and I will have respect unto thy statutes continually. Thou hast trodden down all them that err from thy statutes, for their deceit is falsehood. Thou puttest away all the wicked the earth like growth. Therefore I love thy testimonies. My flesh trembleth for fear of thee, and I am afraid of thy judgments. Notice with me, if you would, we're going to jump right into it this evening. For sake of time, if you would, notice the very first verse, verse number 113. It says, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. We see the psalmist here making reference to his problem. His problem, right at the beginning, he uses the statement, I hate vain thoughts. If you were to turn with me for just a moment and go with me to 1 Kings for a minute, because I want you to, to really be able to see what is taking place here. In 1 Kings chapter number 18, you could probably quote much of what's taking place in this portion of Scripture. But in one specific verse, you begin to see that in verse number 21 of 1 Kings 18, there is a statement that is used that we have heard many, many preachers preach on. I myself have preached on this passage of Scripture multiple times, and this is a passage of Scripture that will really get the attention of every single one of us because the question is asked in verse number 21, 1 Kings 18, And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? Now, that statement, how long halt ye between two opinions, verse number 21, the word halt speaks of to be wavering, to be tottering, to be limping. He says, If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, not a word. Now this statement that is being made here in the statement is posed in a question. How long halt ye between two opinions? It's as though Elijah is helping us to see that he is getting the attention of the people as he is saying, listen, you are, you are playing games with God. You're, you're, you're wavering, you're trembling, and you're tottering, and you're limping through, and you're not taking God serious. And the psalmist in verse number 113 of Psalm 119 says, I hate vain thoughts. Now, I want you to catch this here for just a moment. In 1 Kings chapter number 18, as Elijah is found rebuking God's people here, it is in the same exact context that this statement, vain thoughts, in verse number 113 is being used. It means, if you would, this statement, vain thoughts, and also in... 1 Kings 18, verse number 21, it speaks of someone being divided in their thoughts or being double-minded. Now, let me ask you this, because this is something that we ourselves have to ask ourselves sometimes, is where are we when it comes to these things? You see, sometimes if we're not careful, we begin to, uh, we begin to compare ourselves with other Christians, and we say, well, I'm better than that Christian, so I'm okay. Can I share with you that God never desires that you would compare yourself with another Christian, but that you would always say, Lord, am I becoming more Christ-like? You see, the man is not the standard. Jesus Christ is always the standard. And as you come to the ver verse right here and you begin to see this statement right here, I hate vain thoughts. He is saying, listen, this double-mindedness, this hypocrisy, if you would. But notice with me, the total opposite is stated in verse number 113, the very next word. But thy law do I love. Now I want you to notice in verse number 113, we see two things here. We see that, number one, concerning this problem that he had, he had a people problem. He had a people problem. And now, in your own personal life, there, there are days whenever you're going to wake up and you're going to, to be going through the day, and, and uh, at the end of the day, you're going to sit down on your couch and someone's going to ask you, or maybe you're going to be going through your day, and someone's going to say, hey, 
how is your day going? And you're going to say this, huh, people. Huh, huh. I'll tell you what, people, they just, they'll get you. A people problem sometimes. And the psalmist here begins to deal with this people problem as he says, I hate vain thoughts. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, again, make sure you understand this, that double-minded, that divided thoughts, he is saying this. I, I hate when, when someone is double-minded. That's hawkish, aloof, unstable, nonchalant. As he's saying this right here, he says, I hate vain thoughts, but boy, do I love the word of God. I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. Can I draw your attention to, for just a moment, two words in verse number 113. And I, I don't know if you do this whenever I'm studying or reading the Bible, if there are words that are very similar or words that are completely opposite, I draw a correlation to those because I find that interesting. And there's two words that are completely opposite in verse number 113. The first word is hate. The second word is love. Those two words could not be further apart. And the psalmist is revealing right here that not only do I hate vain thoughts, I hate those who are hypocrites. I hate those who, who are divided in their thoughts and think one way. But, man, do I love thy law. And he is saying right here that he has a people problem. That people problem is, is very simply that lukewarmness, that inconsistency, that complacency. And so I ask you as I ask myself this question, where am I tonight when it comes to that? That's the hardest thing. You know, one of the things that we are great at, and when I say we, I mean mankind, is we know how to pinpoint everyone else's failures. But we don't like to look on our own. We know how to pinpoint everyone else's his problems and, and the, the, the shortcomings. When it, when it comes to us, we say, well, I don't know if I've got anything like that right now. And so I ask this question, where are you concerning your own personal life? And I have to ask myself this question. Am I lukewarm? Am I complacent right this very moment? Am I finding myself just being inconsistent in some things? The psalmist says, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. Not only did we see that he had a people problem, but he also had a personal choice. Notice with me here, in verse number 113, he says, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. One of the, the hardest things whenever someone has just become a new Christian, and I have conversations like this often, and they're trying to really navigate through that, that, that Christian life, and they're trying to figure some things out in their own personal walk, and, and they'll ask, how do, you, how do you just read every single day? How many of you tonight would say you're not naturally a reader? Any of you just not naturally? You, you might find it just difficult to really sit down and just spend time reading. In verse number 113, thy law do I love, that's speaking of that, that, that word there, and as you find yourself asking that, that question, do you have that personal choice to just get into the word of God? You know, it's one of those things when it comes to the word of God, the more you get in it, the more you want it. Look with me for just a moment, if you would, in verse number 145. We're going to skip forward for just a moment. We're going to come to this again in a couple of weeks, but in verse number 145, he says, I cried with my whole heart, hear me, O Lord, I will keep thy statutes. I cried unto thee, save me, I shall keep thy testimonies. I prevented the dawning of the morning and cried, I hoped in thy word. Mine eyes prevented the night watches that I might meditate on thy word. Hear my voice according unto thy loving kindness, O Lord. Quicken me according to thy judgment. They draw nigh that follow after mischief. They are far from thy law. Thou art near, O Lord, and all thy commandments are truth. Concerning thy testimonies I have known of old that thou hast founded them Forever. Now, these verses right here are dealing with the Word of God. 
In these verses right here, you begin to see that the psalmist begins to reveal just how authentic the Word of God is and, and how it makes you aware of certain things and how he goes on in verse number 151. He says, All thy commandments are true concerning thy testimonies. I have known of old that thou hast founded them forever. The author and the age of those words that he is speaking of, it's, it's never ending. And as you come to these portions of Scripture, you see in verse number 113 that he says, But thy law do I love. I am not a runner. I've made this statement a couple of weeks ago, but I am not a runner at all. I, I don't like to run. I don't enjoy to run. My form of cardio is, is different. I'll ride a bike. I'll, I'll do certain things like that, but I do not like to run. And it's an amazing thing that when I talk to runners sometimes, people who just enjoy running, I'll ask them, I said, did you just enjoy it right from the beginning? They'll say, no, I hated it. Hated it. But the more they did it, the more that they began to love it. Can I share with you, some of you tonight may be here and you're saying, you know what, I struggle reading the Word of God. Can I encourage you for just a moment? The more you read it, the more that you'll gain an appetite for it. You'll, you'll desire the Word of God. You'll desire to get in this book right here. And he says right here, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. You know why he hated vain thoughts? Because he was in the Word of God. You see, at the very end of this psalm, we're going to get to it here in just a little while, the psalmist begins to reveal some things that based upon the Word of God, we find to be truth and find to be evident. And if we could practice these things in Psalm 119, verses 113, on down to verse number 120, we would find ourselves not being oftentimes cast away. There are Christians who you will find that are no longer walking with the Lord or no longer living the Christian life, and they would be considered as cast aside or cast away, if you would. They're living their own life and doing their own things, and it's because somewhere down the line they stop giving attention to this right here. You say, well, I don't know. They, they probably read the Bible every single day. No. Because if you're reading this book right here, you don't want to be cast away. You understood that you understand the importance of getting along with God, and no matter what someone might say to you, no matter what might happen to you in life, you find that God is still faithful. Notice with me not only the psalmist and his problem, but he begins to reveal the place, if you would, the psalmist's place. He says, thou art my hiding place. And my shield, I hope in thy word. You see, every single one of us, whenever we find ourselves having problems, if you were to maybe think about that place that you want to go to, for some of you it might be a recliner downstairs in the, the bottom of your house. Some of you it might be out in your back deck, and you might go out there sometimes when you just want to be alone. For some of you it might be the gym. For some of you it might be out in the woods walking through. For some of you it might be going to the beach or doing something. That, but you have a place that you say, I want to get alone in this place. That is your place. That's your place where it's just you and you want to spend some time alone. And the psalmist begins to, be, begins to reveal to us where his place was. He says, thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. You see, this place that he is speaking of begins to reveal in Scripture some different places that we find to be true. This is a secret place. This place that he is making reference to is a secret place. And one of the things that we find to be true, thou art my hiding place in Proverbs 5, verse number 21. For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth all his goings. This is a secret place. And for Psalm, 1, uh, in Psalm 31, 20, thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man. Thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. You see, the psalmist reveals to us that not only did he understand that the Lord saw these places, you say, well, how do you know what, how he, he sees the places of man? 
Skip on down in this psalm. Notice what he says in verse number 117. Hold thou me up, and I shall be safe, and I will have respect unto thy statutes continually. Thou hast trodden down all them that err from thy statutes. This is speaking of the way of the wicked. For their deceit is falsehood. Thou puttest away all the wicked of the earth like dross. Therefore, I love thy testimony. He, look, there's not a place we could go to that we can hide from God. The psalmist reveals that, but the psalmist understood also not only is there not a place that I can go to where I can hide from you, but I'm choosing you to be my hiding place. There's a truth there. Man, I don't know about you, but whenever I am going through difficult seasons, I just want to get alone every once in a while, and I might go downstairs, and, and downstairs in our house, when I'll just sit there, and I'll be alone, and, and that's a time where I can just spend some time with the Lord. One of my favorite things to do oftentimes is I love whenever I am coming from the church to be able to just go from here to the house and I'm just thinking and spending time talking to the Lord. And that's a place for me. That, that place, the car ride from the church to the house is a place for me just to spend some time alone with the Lord. Not only is this place that he is making reference to when he says, Thou art my hiding place, this is a secret place. But as he makes this reference to this place, it's also a strengthening place. Whenever you're facing troubling seasons or difficult times and you go and you spend some time alone with the Lord, you always come out victorious. There's not a Christian out there that can say, you know what, every single time that I go and I spend some time with the Lord, I just feel weaker and weaker. No. Matter of fact, it's, it's, it's not even biblical to even say something like that because the Scripture deals with everything on the opposite side of it. But he says, thou art my hiding place, a strengthening place, but also notice with me, it's a safe place. It's a safe place. The Bible says in Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And this evening, as you've come to the house of God, in verse number 114, it says, thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. There's that reference again. The word of God is... And the emphasis on the word of God is found once again right there. In verse number 113, it's in this, thy law do I love. Verse number 114, it's this, I hope in thy word. As you continue to read on down in verse number 115, it says, for I will keep thy commandments of my God. Again, right there, reference to the word of God. In verse number 116, uphold me according unto thy word that I may live. Again, a reference to the importance of the word of God. You see, everything that we are finding in Psalm 119 points back to very simply getting in this book and understanding how this book can transform your life. As I was sitting in a church service, whenever I was saved, it wasn't because a preacher was up there. It's because the truths of the Word of God and God's Word convicted me of my sin, and I saw that I was in need of a Savior. Whenever I was sitting in a church service and I was sitting under conviction because I was called to preach, but I was fighting against that, it wasn't something that the preacher said. It was very simply the truths that are being preached out of this book right here. Whenever I was convicted about what God would have for me, whenever I had come to Clarksville, Tennessee, and I was given an opportunity to go back to Columbus, Georgia, it was not another preacher that said, hey, you need to go ahead and stay there. No, it was the truths that were found in this book right here that convinced me that this was the will of God for my life. You see, everything that we find to be major moments in our lives when it comes to God's dealings with his children always come back to this right here, the word of God. It's the, the power of the word of God. And the psalmist begins to reveal that the word of God was his hiding place. Thou art my hiding place. Lord, you're my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. Notice with me not only his problem and not only his place, but we see as you continue reading on down in verses 115 on down, you see his prayer. 
in verse number 115, he speaks a prayer, and that verse is right here, depart from me, ye evildoers, for I will keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me according to thy word that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Hold thou me up, and I shall be safe, and I will have respect unto thy statutes continually. He's speaking here, and as he is speaking here, he makes a reference here in verse number 115. He says, depart from me, ye evildoers. I don't know where it came from. I can't remember. I believe it was from a, a talk show many, many years ago, but it is something that is kind of stuck in our family, and sometimes we will use it whenever we're joking with uh, the, the, the kids in the house or, or off on vacation and someone's trying to do something. But there was a, a, a time sometimes whenever Jackson or Holly will be trying to get their hands onto something that they're not supposed to. And, and uh, even on vacation, our family, all of us will, will use this, this statement, and sometimes the kids will be doing something or be up in our way, and we'll just look at them and say, get, just like that. We'll just kind of go, get, just kind of like that. And what we're saying is, get on, move, go somewhere else. Sometimes they're in the way. Sometimes they're doing something they're not supposed to be doing, but we're just getting the point across, hey, you don't need to be right here. Can I share with you in verse number 115, he says, depart from me, evildoers. Basically what he's saying is this, you don't have no business here. Get on. Get on. Can I share with you in verse number 115 as he makes this statement right here, depart from me, evildoers, for I will keep the commandments of my God. What a testimony that is. You know, one of the hardest things is, is taking a stand for God. Why? Because our flesh wants to fit in. We want to make sure that we're in the crowd. Can I share with you, we were never meant to be in the in crowd because truly this is just a place we're passing through. And the, at the end of the day, the in crowd is going to be up there in glory. That's where the in crowd is. As you begin to think about this statement right here, depart from me, evildoers, not only does he make that statement, but in verse number 116 he says, uphold me according unto thy word that I may live. You see, it's that statement right there, uphold me. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that I serve a God that always upholds his children. You know, let me just share a few. Maybe this is where you're at. Maybe this evening you need to be reminded that when you're weak, God can still uphold you. Maybe this evening you've come to the house of God and you're hurting. When you're hurting, God can still uphold you. Maybe you're here tonight and you're afraid. Can I share with you that when you're afraid, God can still uphold you? Maybe you're broken this evening. You've come to the house of God, and you are just shattered right this very moment. You say, God, I need you right this very moment. He can still uphold you. And maybe you've fallen, and you're struggling right this very moment. He can still uphold you. Maybe you are coming to the house of God, and you say, no one understands. No one sees me. I feel alone. God sees you right where you're at. He can uphold you. You say, well, how, how, how do you know that? I'm glad you asked. Psalm 3.3 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Isaiah 41.10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Psalm 18.48, He delivereth me from mine enemies. Yea, thou liftest me up above those that rise up against me. Psalm 31, He delivereth me from mine enemies. Yea, thou liftest me up above those that rise up against me. 1 Samuel 2.7, The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. Psalm 145, verse 14, The Lord upholdeth all that fall and raiseth up all those that be bowed down. And those are just a few of the verses. We could go on and on about in Scripture where the Lord reveals to us that there's nothing that you're facing where he can't bring you through. Maybe tonight you're discouraged. 
I want you to look at these verses for just a moment one more time because in verse number 115, you begin to see some of the specific needs of the psalmist in this prayer. In verse 115, he says, depart from me. And what he is revealing there is that he needs some separation. He needs some separation. Have you ever been in a situation where you were needing, maybe uh, you didn't want to do something, so you needed an out? And as a child, sometimes whenever, and maybe if you remember going back to your, your, your days living in your, children, your, your parents' house, there might have been something that you were invited to, and you're just like, you know what, I just don't really feel like it. And so you used your parents as an excuse not to go, and you said, you know what, my parents said I wasn't able to go tonight just because you didn't really feel like it. You needed some separation. You just didn't want to do it. And in the, the, the Word of God, we find that there are a lot of times in Scripture where we can say, you know what, I'm not supposed to be doing that because this is what the Word of God says. You know what, I, I'm not, as a Christian, I shouldn't be doing this because this is what the Word of God says. If you're ever looking for some answers to tell people as to why you shouldn't be doing sinful things, it's found in this book right here. In this book right here. The psalmist goes on and says, not only depart from me, ye evil, evil doers, but in verse number 116, we begin to see that he places a great need on the scripture as he says, uphold me according unto thy word that I may live. He places a great need on scripture. And I don't know about you tonight, but if it wasn't for the word of God, I don't know where I'd be. I don't know where I'd be. There are so many times in my own personal life where I'll be struggling, or I'll be going through something, or I'll be praying about something, or I'll know someone who is, and I'll say, Lord, give me wisdom. And the wisdom and the instruction and the desire to, to understand what God has for me is oftentimes found in this book right here. I don't know where I would be without the Word of God. And the psalmist is, is making that very clear as he makes this statement, because I want you to see the very next words that he says in verse 116, after he says, Uphold me according to thy word. What is he saying? That I need for scripture, his need for separation, but in verse number 117, he says, hold thou me up, and I shall be saved, and I will have respect unto thy statutes continually. We see that he is in need of support, if you would. Hold thou me up is what he is dealing with here, and as he is making this reference right here, the psalmist in his prayer is making it clear that he is one of need. One of the, 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 the most difficult things in life sometimes is admitting when we need help. Jackson, just the other day, he was trying to do something. He was trying to climb up on something, and uh, I could see it a mile away. He was going to get hurt, but he just, he was adamant he didn't need my help. I said, okay, you're going to hurt yourself. No, I, let me help you. No, I don't want your help. Okay, well, I'm, you're going to hurt yourself. Sure enough, he said, okay. And I began to think as I was studying, how many times in our own personal lives is the Lord trying to remind us, hey, you're not meant to do this in your own strength. Let me help. Let me show you that, Lord, I've got this. I, I, I can do this this time. Lord, I've been through this before. Can I share with you, every experience is different. doesn't matter how many times you've done it. Sometimes you're still going to look back and say, you know what? That one was a little bit different. The psalmist says, hold thou me up unto thy word. Notice with me the last thing we see in this portion of Scripture. Not only his problem. And not only as you begin to see his place, and as not only do you come to his prayer, but you find the last thing is his ponder. And one of the things that we ought to do often is ponder, to think on, if you would. And maybe thinking on the way of the Lord, and maybe thinking on the, 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 the work of the Lord in your life, and maybe thinking on your salvation or what God has for you, what he's doing for you. 
And the psalmist begins to make reference to this in verse number 118 as he says this. He says, Thou hast trodden down all them that err from thy statutes, for their deceit is falsehood. Thou puttest away all the wicked of the earth like gross, therefore I love thy testimonies. My flesh trembleth for fear of thee, and I'm afraid of thy judgments. Notice with me, if you would, his pondering. At this very moment in verse number 118 on down, the psalmist pauses for a few moments. And one of the things that we know to be true sometimes, you've met people like this, where they become so consumed with everyone else's problems, with everyone else's uh, uh, filthiness or their, their sinful lifestyle, that they begin to neglect their own personal walk with the Lord because they're trying to fix other people. And you know what happens after that begins to take place. Soon as that begins to take place, they begin to get frustrated with the people. They're not walking with the Lord, but they're trying to fix another person's walk with the Lord, and they can become consumed by that, and all of a sudden they begin to drift themselves because they were trying to fix other people. The psalmist says this because he's very frustrated in the very beginning. If you look with me in verse number 113, he says, I hate mankind. He's disgusted by it. He can't, he can't handle it. He says, depart from me, ye evildoers, for I will keep the commandments of my God. And in verse number 118 on down, it's as though the psalmist pauses for just a moment and says, you know what? God, you can do a much better job at dealing with those people than I can. And can I remind you for just a few moments that the Lord knows every single thing that every single one of us is doing right now. And sometimes we can become so consumed with everyone else's problems and so consumed with everyone else's shortcomings that we say we've got to deal with their shortcomings. And God is saying, how about you just focus on your own personal relationship with me? And the psalmist says this in verse number 120 that helps me to remember this. He says, my flesh trembleth for fear of thee, and I'm afraid of thy judgments. Now what he is saying here is not that he is, he is literally afraid of the Lord. What he is saying here is he's giving the proper reverence to God. My flesh trembleth for fear of thee, and I am afraid of thy judgments. That word trembleth means to shiver. He was afraid or in reverence of God's judgments, but he was doing such a, a, an action of giving God the proper reverence that, Lord, I'm acknowledging you. Not only, Lord, am I acknowledging that you're going to, to deal with me, but, Lord, I'm acknowledging that you're going to deal with them as well. And there's coming a day in all of our lives where we're going to have to give account for the life that we've lived. And the psalmist makes reference to that understanding. In Romans 12, verse number 19, the Bible says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give peace unto the wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will pay, saith the Lord. When you're struggling with the problems that everyone else is, is in the wickedness that is all around you, can I encourage you just to pray for them? Sometimes we get so angry and we just want to, to show that person. It goes back to the principle that we find in Scripture, love your neighbor. Love those that wronged you. There's always going to be an individual that might be talking about you or doing something that, that or saying things about you or, or hurting your feelings or trying to hurt you or whatever the case may be. Pray for those people. Pray for those people. In Psalm 119, verse number 113, on down, we see these four things, and we close with this. The very first thing is this. Can I encourage you to hate the thought of being a lukewarm Christian? He says right here in verse number 113, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love psalmist understood that. The second thing was this, make God your high priest. Run to the Lord. Rest in the Lord. Allow the Lord to guide you and direct you as he makes this statement, thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. 
Not only that, but stand strong and resist the temptation. Temptation is lurking around every corner. Every corner. Can I encourage you to stand strong? He says, uphold me under thy word that I may live. And not only do you need to do those three things, but the final thing is this. Verse number 120, my flesh trembles for fear of thee, and I'm afraid of thy judgments. Give God room. Give God room. You know, whenever I was working in college, and even to this day, there are times whenever you, I will be around certain people, and sometimes there will be a, a situation where someone has a filthy mouth. And I remember whenever we were in college, there was a, a group of guys that just had a filthy mouth, and they, you know, they didn't necessarily know no better. They just, they, they weren't churchgoers. They weren't Christians. They, you know, they just what they were raised up in, and that's just the, the, the mouth that they had. And, and uh, but they, when, when they were around us sometimes, there was a, a crew of us that would be together, and sometimes one of them would say something. And they would look over at us, being from Crown, they knew our testimony, they knew we went to Bible college, and they would oftentimes say, oh, I didn't, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. And there were a couple of times that one of the guys that was from school with us that worked with us would look at him and say, oh, man, you're fine, you, you don't worry about that. And so finally one day I said, listen, I said, I want to encourage you because you're, you're telling those gentlemen whenever they, they slip up and they, they use the Lord's name in vain. Say, hey, don't worry about that. It's perfectly fine. Use that as an opportunity to, to say instead of, hey, don't worry about that, look at them and say, hey, I appreciate that. Thank you for thinking about that. You want to know why I don't use the Lord's name in vain? You want to know why I don't say those things? Use it as an opportunity to say, you know what, I, I, I didn't just, just you know, grow up not saying those things. I was shown directly from God's word and, and what the Lord and what the word of God has to say. That's why I don't say those things. But to, to stand there and say, hey, no, no, don't worry about those things. If you want to keep saying those things, you just go right ahead. No, 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 you want to reap that. You want that person to understand that, hey, I don't want you saying those things, and I appreciate you acknowledging that you shouldn't be saying those things, especially in my presence, because that speaks of a testimony of the Christian that I am. But can I share with you why I don't say those things? Why don't I say the Lord's name in vain? Why don't I use those curse words? Can I show with you or share with you that it wasn't always that case? You see, growing up, as a matter of fact, Braxton and I, when we were just on the road, where are you at, Braxton? He, we were talking, and, and I shared with him, listen, I, I, was, I was in a situation as a young man where I used language that I should have not used. And it's only by the grace of God in my life that I don't do it anymore. You see, and, and we, were, we were having that conversation, and, and some of you have been there before, and there are things that you don't do any longer. It's kind of like that old uh, children's song that, that says, the things I used to do, I don't do those things no more. The places I used to go, I don't go to those places no more. The people I used to hang out with, I don't hang out with those people anymore. That, that mentality and that, that principle. And one of the things the psalmist understood is that the more that he got into the Word of God, the more he despised. I share with you my growing up and at certain times whenever I got around the wrong crowd I would use that language and I would just use it not even thinking about it now as I stand on this side saved and living for the Lord and trying to, to yield my life to the Lord I look back and those words that I used to say as a young man drive me up the wall when I hear them but what's the difference between those two Jesus the word of God and the psalmist understood this the more that you give God reverence, the more that you get in this word, the more that you run to the Lord and hide in him and rest in him, the more that you will find yourself saying, Lord, I hate those things that you say. 
boy, do I love this word. Do I love your statutes? Do I love the word of God? Do I love the principles? Because if we're all being honest, it's not cultivated as we feed the spirit instead of feeding the flesh, God can change our heart. So can I encourage you? You might be coming on on Wednesday evenings and you're saying, man, he sure is placing a great deal of emphasis on just reading the Bible. If I could place even more emphasis on it, I would. Spend time getting right with God. You say, what's the big deal? It'll change, it'll completely transform your life. It'll change your life. It'll change your way of thinking. You'll begin to look back and you'll say, man, I'm not the person I used to be. Praise God, you're not. Let the word of God deal with you. Hide it in your heart that I might not sin against you. Give your life to the reading of God's word. Not only the reading of it, but the acting and living out of it. Lord, we do thank you tonight. What a God. Lord, we thank you for the word of God. Lord, there are many people in our society, and Lord, even sometimes Christians, uh, Lord, that, Lord, we own copies of your word, but we just don't get in it. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity, Lord, that you've given us, Lord, tonight to spend some time, once again, giving ourselves to the reading of your word, the preaching of your word. I pray that you would help us, Lord, that you'd guide us and direct us, Lord, that we would spend more time in the Word of God, and Lord, not only just reading it, but living it out, and Lord, that we'd be a testimony of what a changed life looks like because of the Word of God. Lord, I pray that you would be with us tonight, Lord, that you'd give this time of invitation, Lord, that you'd draw us unto yourself, and Lord, continue to help us to become the Christian you saved us to be. Lord, that we would yield our lives to you, we die to self, and Lord, that we'd find ourselves saying, Lord, I surrender all, and Lord, we'd give our lives to you. Help us tonight. Lord, thank you for it. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray.